God is omniscient. That means he knows everything that there possibly is to know. He's omnipresent, which means he's everywhere that anyone can possibly be. And he's omnipotent, meaning that he can do anything that he pleases. These great truths are cause not only for careful self-examination, but also for great comfort and encouragement. Stephen called this lesson uniquely crafted by and cared for by our Creator God. I read some time ago about a man who wasn't what he pretended to be. Uh, Several years ago at the annual Marine Corps birthday ball, a veteran appeared in in dress uniform, wearing a chest uh, covered with medals, impressive looking uh, for sure. But when another Marine there noticed that one of the man's medals had been pinned on upside down, he became a little suspicious. He uh, snapped a little photograph and sent it off to the FBI. Well, turns out this man was an imposter. He'd actually been dishonorably discharged from the Navy many years earlier. I couldn't help but think, isn't it a terrible thing to pretend to be something you're not? Well, uh, the truth is, at heart, we are all potential imposters, and we can become actually a good at, at acting like someone we really aren't. We can represent a spiritual life we're not really living or even interested in living after all. With that in mind, we come to Psalm 139, and, and David is writing to, to remind us that we're not going to get away with pretending because God knows who we really are, no matter how many medals we pin to our chest. Uh, this particular attribute of God knowing who we are is called omniscience, all-knowing. That's what David writes about here now in verse 1. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. Now, this word searched refers to a diligent investigation. David's not suggesting that God had to dig around to figure out who David really was. Now, David's saying here that God already knew. God's knowledge of him is already comprehensive, past, present, and future. Now, David expands on this idea here in verse 2. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. In other words, God doesn't doesn't miss one movement. Uh, From the moment we get up in the morning to the moment we go back to bed, God knows. David then adds here in verse 2, you discern my thoughts from afar. (laughs) God not only uh, knows our movements, he knows our motives. Now verse 3, you search out my path and my lying down. That's another way of saying all day long, God knows every detail of your path, whether you walked or drove to work or rode your bike He knows when you arrived. God knew when you took the coffee break. In fact, from the first step you took as a toddler to the last step you'll take in life, you don't take one step without God knowing about all of them. David writes here in verse 5, You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. 
Now, this Hebrew term translated hem here is used to describe a city that's under siege. All of the escape routes have been cut off. The inhabitants are now hemmed in. Well, David is saying here that his powerful God has surrounded him with care and concern. And and this this kind of truth brings him great delight. He writes here in verse 6, Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high. I cannot attain it. Instead of creating dread that God has hemmed him in, that God is watching him, well, David is actually joyfully saying here, God, you know everything there is to know about me, and this is wonderful news. Beloved, let me tell you, God knows the best about you. And listen, he knows the worst about you. In fact, one author wrote it this way, there is tremendous relief in knowing that God's love for me is is totally and utterly realistic. It's based on prior knowledge of the worst about me so that no discovery can disillusion him about me. There's nothing that can surprise God about you. Well, now, David shifts his attention from the omniscience, the all-knowing of God, to the omnipresence of God. That is, that he is present everywhere at the same time. David writes here in verse 7, Where shall I go from your spirit, or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, the grave, you are there. See, David is essentially saying that if he goes all the way to the end of the universe, high and low, God is there. Verse 9, he says, If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. To take the wings of the morning, by the way, refers to going infinitely east toward the dawning of the sun. And to dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea more than likely means to go infinitely west toward the Mediterranean Sea. So what David is saying here is whether he goes east or west, God's waiting for him when he arrives. Well, now, what if the lights of the universe go out? Can God see in the dark? I'm reminded of one summer evening when I read about New York City having a power blackout due to a a severe thunderstorm. All the lights suddenly went out. Tens of thousands of people within minutes poured into the streets, breaking into stores, stealing whatever they could, starting fires. When it was over, more than 2,000 stores had been plundered. The loss and damages were estimated well over a billion dollars. Does God lose control when the lights go out? Well, David answers that God can see in the dark. In fact, he's an eyewitness to every crime and every scene. He writes it here in verse 12 this way, Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. Well, now with that, David moves on to describe God's omnipotence, that is, all power or infinite power. Verse 13, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. You see, God's sovereign power 
His powerful design reaches into every mother's womb at the moment of fertilization when life begins and a human being begins to develop. David says that God is literally weaving together by his design every fiber of your being. And he happens to craft with every human person an original, unique fingerprints, a unique voice print, unique retinal shape. You are, beloved, one of a kind. Every advantage, every ability, every disadvantage, every disability is sovereignly woven into you by your Creator. So whatever your condition might be today, surrender it to the Lord, your Maker. Ask Him for His grace, His wisdom, His strength to take one day at a time as you depend upon Him. And that kind of surrender to Him, by the way, can make the most disabled among us powerful testimonies of God's grace being sufficient. It can cause the rest of us who watch anticipate with even greater joy our own future. And for you, perhaps, that's a perfected body as you reach your home in heaven. Some time ago, I read about a young man named Nick, and due to a rare genetic disorder, he was born without arms or legs. And as you can imagine, growing up, he struggled emotionally and physically Uh, with his condition. But after he became a follower of Jesus Christ, he wrote this. When people read about my life or witness me living it, they're prone to congratulate me for being victorious over my disabilities. But I tell them that my victory is in surrender when I acknowledge that I can't do this on my own. Once I yielded uh, to Christ as my Lord and Savior, Uh, The Lord gave my life meaning when no one and nothing else could provide it. And if God can take someone like me, someone without arms and legs, and use me as his hands and feet, he can use anybody. It's not about ability. The only thing God wants from us is a willing, surrendered life. Wow. Well, that to me, sounds a lot like David as he writes here in verse 14. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That Hebrew word translated wonderfully can be translated uniquely. See, David's declaring that he, like all of us, have been uniquely crafted, designed by our Creator God. Let me tell you, this is an amazing statement of faith, isn't it? To accept God's design for you, that's a, that's a great statement of faith and, and trust in him. Uh, surrender, then, to your creator and to his design and to his purposes, his plans for your life today as you trust him. And then point people to who he is to you. Your omnipotent, your omniscient creator. And here's the good news for all of us who place our faith in Jesus Christ. God's word says that one day, well, we're going to get new bodies. We're going to get perfectly functioning brains, every part of us working perfectly. No more disability, only glorified ability to serve God and praise him forever. Uh, Frankly, we can't imagine, beloved, the future God has planned for us. 
as we wait for that day. Well, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Today's lesson from Psalm 139 is called Uniquely Crafted by and Cared for by Our Creator God. That truth is true of you. Stephen Davy is teaching through the entire Bible on this wisdom journey. We'd be grateful to hear your thoughts and comments. You can send your email to info at wisdomonline.org. You can also use that address for any questions you have. We'd be glad to hear from you. Write today and then join us back here next time as we continue the wisdom journey.